hello to you and your canine sidekicks and welcome back to another episode of the pup pup and away podcast um so we have a lot of expecting mamas and daddies as clients right now so i put together an along comes baby webinar um that some of my clients joined in we talked about different things to start working on with your dogs for the first second third trimester and then how to introduce your baby to your pups whenever you guys are home um they were fantastic and they allowed me to record the audio. Um, so this episode and the next episode after that, because we broke it up into a two-part webinar series, um, will be all about how to get your dog ready for a baby to come home and for those introductions. The audio may be a little bit weird because I am recording a recording, so please bear with me through that. But when I tested it, everything seemed to lay out okay and, and was still bearable to get through. So um, I hope you guys enjoy. All right, so we are now recording. Um, I want to get to know you guys a little bit more about where you guys are along on your pregnancy journey. Um, so we'll open it up for one of you guys at one at a time. Um, tell me your name, um, about how far along you are, if you don't mind sharing that with us, because um, I know everyone's kind of somewhere a little bit different along their journey. Um, and then tell us a little bit about your dogs, how old they are, and maybe something that you're like, what's a big question that you guys might have? Um, what's a big concern that you guys might have? What are you? What are what are some big things that you're looking for? Um, so start with Stephanie. Okay, I'm Stephanie. I'm um, a little over 19 weeks. Uh, we're expecting in July. Um, it's our first, and we have two dogs, Bronx and Hudson. Um, Bronx is a year and a half and very energetic. And then Hudson is um, around four to six years old. And so something that we're concerned about is just um, how it's going to go with introductions. And then also they're our whole world right now. So um, how that transition <laughs> is going to go yeah. um, and jealousy. So. Perfect. So 19 weeks, that is 25, five months ish, almost five months. Yes. Okay. I don't have like that mama, like the mama calculator in my brain where like divide everything by four and that I can only do it up to like 16 weeks, which is puppy age. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, let's do Ariel next. Hi, I'm Ariel and this is Alberto. Um, we have, uh, we, have had two miscarriages but we're trying to conceive and we thought it was a good class to take for when we do actually get pregnant and our baby stays um we have luna and she is three and and our biggest concern is um i think like stephanie said is introductions and just having her understand that this is another member of the family like like and like safe safe play safe space with baby Beautiful. Nice job. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, let's move on to Lizzie. Elizabeth. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm Elizabeth, and um, this is my husband, Abel. Um, we are, I'm 24 weeks, so that's about six months. <laughs> Stephanie. Um, <laughs> Thank you. We have, uh, we have our girl, Darcy. Um, and she is a little over a year old. And so our thing with her is she's got a lot of excitement and energy. Um, so we're just kind of trying to figure out how to teach her to safely play with baby and with mommy um, while I'm pregnant. Um, so just kind of teaching her to be, you know, introduced to a lot of the new sounds and stuff because she is very scared. Um, so I know like the car seat kind of freaked her out a little bit. So strollers. Yeah. Kind of yeah things so um it's kind of working with those excitement and that anxiety perfect nice thank you very much and caitlin hi everyone um i'm caitlin this is bill Hello. um he just got back from picking up the dogs so um like is bill gonna make it <laughs> um so i i'm 28 weeks tomorrow so i head into the third trimester tomorrow like just I think I'm like between like a little over six months. Okay. Um, I don't really like know all of it either. So that's, <laughs> um, but I, I think our um, kind of two biggest concerns or needs, um, I think just number one, like we're, we're working on right now with y'all with training for Julio Kin. He's a 
very sweet and cuddly and loving dog, but he's um, very, he can be protective and territorial. Um, and that comes out on, on walks or just if, if the mailman comes by. Um, and then, yeah, similar to what y'all have already shared that, um, especially our older dog who's um, nine, that it's it's just been us with, yeah. with um, the pups. So um, trying to figure out the best ways to introduce them to the, to the new family member. Um, and yeah. it'll kind of be different. Like Julio's like a cuddler, like, so it'd be like boundaries with him. Cause I feel yeah. like, gonna, like get up on him. And then Ava is like, yeah. does it like, he's kind of a loner. Like he's a sweet, cuddly dog. But if like a kid, like more so in the toddler stage, if they're like grabbing at him or something like, sure. You like a yeah. concern more of Ava. Yeah. Sure. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, thanks everybody. That's really good news uh, that everyone is prepping for everything and all of y'all seem to have very similar concerns and questions um so everything that we're gonna do we're gonna kind of just go through the first trimester and different and a lot of you guys already kind of passed the trimester um but you know maybe for next time or for those of us who aren't expecting just yet you know kind of good things for us to kind of work through so we're gonna take this trimester by trimester so today is going to be the first and second trimester and then afterwards we're going to open everything up for questions and answers so um while we go along by all means definitely unmute yourself and ask any questions that you want especially if it's something that uh, pertains to something right there in particular that we're having in the conversation um but definitely feel free to save anything for afterwards too if you guys want um another thing is um so this is my first time doing this. I'm not too sure how this is going to run with time. We're a very small group, so I'm thinking that we should be able to make it uh, as time according. Um, but I haven't tried the, the like the premium Zoom or whatever. So after the 40 minutes, we will be kicked off. If we're still going through conversations and everything, just click your webinar link back in and then just get right back in. And then we'll pick back off as if you know we hadn't been interrupted. So um, it usually tells me when we're taken down for that. So um, I'll give everyone a heads up if and when we get to that point. Um, okay, so let's start off with everything with the first trimester. So the first trimester, um, like I said, I haven't been pregnant, but based from all my mamas that I know, you're usually the most tired um, in this stage. So everything that we're going to be doing in the trimester is kind of easy prep work um, and then also lots of ideas and kind of thinking about what everything's going to look like once baby comes home. Um, so the first rule that I have for you guys is to actually solidify your rules. When we're thinking about things, and especially since this is our first kid, some of these big uh, ideas might not be something that we actually consider along the line, but things that I want you guys to start thinking of. Um, where will the pups be allowed versus not being allowed? Are they going to be allowed in the baby room, in the nursery? Um, are they going to be allowed um, you know, in your room if baby's going to be co-sleeping or sleeping in your area as well? Um, where are those boundaries that you guys are going to be drawing for them as far as space goes? Um, um, I know a lot of parents want to keep like the nursery specific, a dog free zone. Um, so having those rules, and I think that's probably one of the biggest rules, but having those rules as well and making sure that we can start getting management techniques involved for those things, maybe things like baby gates and start separating those parts of the house from the dog. So prepping your dogs for those things. Um, would you like to go for walks whenever the baby comes? Um, I know that for mamas, whenever they're home from maternity leave, that's one of the biggest and best ways for you guys to get out of the house. Um, and then like for uh, Caitlin and Bill, I know that that's something that you guys are wanting to work through, right? The reactivity. So making sure that we're really focusing on creating a better walk for you guys. That way, when babies do come, y'all can be taking walks that are relaxing and not a whole bunch of work. So kind of thinking about is, did, what does your walk look like right now? Is it chaotic? Is it are your dogs reactive to different things and start prepping and planning those um, for those things as well. And I think one thing that I want you guys to start considering too is schedules and routines. And once again, that one might be kind of weird because you're like, I don't really know stuff. This is my first baby. Um, but whenever we are trying to mold our dogs dogs are very picky maybe not picky but they're very sensitive to changes in schedules and routines um so one thing that i want us to start thinking about is how can we shift if y'all have a very specific schedule shifting that to more of a routine and then making sure that it's something that can be adjusted so what i mean by that is if you feed your dogs every single morning at 7 a.m right on the dot your dogs well even though they don't have a watch or can't tell time 
they will start to know huh, it's 655 and they'll start to prepare themselves for that, right? A lot of those things are going to be missed when you have a newborn baby. So it's going more for routine. Typically, I wake up, I take my time. 15, 20, 30 minutes after I wake up is usually when you go outside or when you're eating. So making sure that we have lots of flexibility in that. So not focusing on schedule. And if you do have a schedule, then trying to figure out a routine um, and trying to make that a little bit more flexible so that when, when we do have our babies come home and there's going to be even more flexibility in that routine, our dogs aren't super sensitive to that and then been super thrown off. Um, so solidify some, some different rules for you guys. Um, the second one is uh, crate training. How many of you guys, uh, are your dogs are already crate trained or comfortable being contained? Pretty good. So, so okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So think definitely thinking of different containment issues as well. Um, containment is is super important. It's a great management tool, um, and no matter how much we prepare for it, um, we will most likely never prepare enough for it. Um, so what I mean by that is there's always going to be lots of different activity going on when baby is here as well. So making sure that uh, we're not only containing our dogs and like not giving them the option to leave the area only when we're not home because crating and confining when we're not home is one thing right because you're not there um they're pretty relaxed they can sleep but then it's another different story when you guys are home and there's activity and your dogs want to be with you and part of everything um so think about are we wanting to do crates are we wanting to do pens where are those crates and pens going to live um and then setting our dogs up to start being prepared for that um one thing that i really like to do is teach a kennel up cue um, so uh, the way that we work on that here at Pup Pup, because that's definitely one thing that we like for all of the daycare kids to know, is we typically say something like kennel up is our cue that we use. But you guys can use crate, go to bed, something along those lines. Um, I have the crate door open or the pen door open, whatever you guys are choosing to use. Um, I'll have like a hand gesture, go to bed or go to crate, whatever cue you're using, and then I toss a cookie in. Once the dog goes in and all four feet are in the containment area, I'll go ahead and toss another cookie in and let the dog walk right on out. Once we're building up consistency with that and your dog is doing lots of good going in, coming out, going in, it's not super hard. Your dog's walking in, no problem. Then we do that same thing. But then when your dog goes in, we close the door and then that's when that second cookie comes in. So we kennel up, have our cue, toss our cookie in, our dog walks in, we close the door, we give another cookie. When your dog realizes, oh, the door is closed, guess what, no biggie, you open up the door, you come right back out. And then we start to build up a little bit of duration from there. Um, so once the door is closed, we toss in that cookie, we ignore for a little bit, toss in another cookie, wait a little bit longer, toss in another cookie, and then let our dogs out. And just building up a little bit of duration from there. Um, I also really like to work on like a sit stay cue or something along those lines to come out of containment. Um, Cause especially if they're, if you're choosing to create overnight, if you're choosing to create and like, you know, you typically have baby in your hands, what you don't want is for your dog to come out super duper excited with lots of energy and then be jumping up all over you. Um, so typically we'll also teach like a sit stay. So ask for the sit when the dog's in that sit position, I'll start opening up the kennel door and the whole entire time I'm talking to the dog, good boy, that's a nice job. As I start to open up that door, if the dog stands up, I typically close the door or stand right there in the middle. So basically you're, you're reacting to what your dog is doing. As long as they're sitting, we continue to open the door. If they get up, I close the door. And the idea is we do that over and over and over again until your dog's like, oh, the door continues to open when my butt stays on the ground. Eventually, you go ahead and release your dogs. Um, and I can send you guys, we have a quick little video of a little bit more of that in detail um, because I, I filmed a video so that way our staff knows how to train all of those different things as we bring on new staff. So um, I'll send you guys that video of some crate stuff because I know that we just kind of like tackled that really quickly. Um, but having a, a cue for that and having your dog know how to sit um, and then starting to make different scenarios for your dog staying in there. So think of different things of things to go into the crate with your dog. Um, feel free to give them their bully sticks, their frozen Kongs, their 
frozen bones, whatever it is, is they're babysitters, especially as you start to build up a lot of your duration while you guys are moving around the house. Um, be prepared to like, you know, have a tree pouch on, be doing different things around the house, toss a cookie in, be doing different things around just to build a positive association. And you want to start off with really small durations and start to build your way up. Okay. Um, and then it's, it's, it takes a little bit of time for us to get there, but if you put in that consistency and that work right now, then by the time that you're actually like doing a bunch of different things, it, it, it just, it just makes everything less stressful. I also really love the idea of the crate and your dog having a baby free zone as well. So the crate not only acts as a management and confinement for you guys to kind of give you guys a little bit more separation while you guys are doing different things with baby, but also once your dog understands the value of the crate, it really does become a safe space for them. So I want you guys to consider also whatever containment area that you guys make, that that's going to be your baby free zone. Your baby is never allowed to go over there, to crawl into the crate, nothing like that. So then along the along the way, if and whenever your dog does become overstressed about baby or there's too much commotion or there's too many people coming into the house because baby is there, um, now they have a good, safe space for them to take themselves there. So that's what I do with my dogs. My dogs don't need to be crated, but we always have the crate out and open, and they typically tend to take themselves over there. Um, it's a small crate because I have two small dogs, and sometimes I catch them cuddling in there together, um, which is super cute. But they, I know when they're extra tired, that's where they'll go. Um, if they're not feeling well, that's where they'll go. So just making sure that we have that nice, safe spot for them. All right. Any questions about any of the crate training stuff or solidifying rules before we move on to some other first trimester things? Everyone's good. All right. Okay. Um, so let's talk about some basic manners to start teaching your pups. Um, I'm sorry. Does, does someone have a question? Ariel, did you have a question? Yeah. I yeah. thought I unmuted, but I didn't. Uh, okay. So if Luna is already crate trained, but I'm wanting to, um, I like the idea of having her in there during like the day if we ever have to like, we're doing something with baby and she needs to be in there. Can we introduce that now, even though she's already crate trained? Can that be something that we introduce to her? Like having her in there while we're around the house and the gate's yeah. closed? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that none of these things that we do, you can ever do too early. Right. Um, so for those of you guys who like in your first trimester, if you're up for second trimester stuff, start doing them. You guys, since we're not pregnant, just go ahead and start doing a lot of these things. Right. The more that you can do now, the less you have to do later. Um, and so the, the reason why we have this timeline is just to kind of give you guys like stepping stones to take for one another. Um, but definitely start setting her up for those different things now. Put her in the kennel while you guys cook dinner. Put her in the kennel while you guys watch a movie or something like that and just make sure that there's a, a rate of reinforcement there to be reinforcing those positive interaction that she's having and making sure that she's continuing to build a positive association with the crate um, and make, make make it like Disneyland in there. Um, so I talked about putting like the, uh, the the chews and different things like that in there with them. But one thing I like to do, especially if you have like blankets and beds is to hide their kibble or some small training treats in the folds of the blanket and under the pillow and stuff like that. So that way when they're in there, they have a little game to do, right? They're snuffling around their stuff. So just make it as fun and as positive as, 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 as much as you can. Um, and I'm, I'm actually glad that you asked that question because one thing that I didn't even have written down um, is if you think that your dog's going to have a hard time adjusting to being in a kennel, especially while you guys are going to be moving around, um, doing this exercise after some exercise, um, after some physical exercise, so that way they're a little bit tired. Um, and then also think about maybe some natural calming aids. Um, I love using essential oils, things like stress away blends or lavender, putting a little bit of that on their beds or their blankets. Um, there's a couple of different companies that make like a plug-in diffuser. So you can plug in a little like, it's a, it's a scentless diffuser of different pheromones you can put right by their kennel. Um, you can do things like giving them situational stress remedies like rescue remedy, which is something that we carry here in the boutique. Um, so after exercise and considering maybe having some sort of natural calming aids to kind of just help them take the edge off of that exercise. But yeah, girls, start, start doing that stuff now for sure. Cool. Any other questions about anything else? All right, cool. Okay, so basic manners to teach. Um, some of these uh, your dogs may already know. 
Um, some of these you're like, oh, I've never even thought about that. So I'm going to briefly explain what the exercise, excuse me, what the behavior is, why it's something that you guys might want to consider, and then give you guys a really quick training exercise to get you guys through this. Um, if I don't, uh, if I don't have videos for all of these, since I'm recording this anyways, I'll probably just email you guys the whole link. I'll figure out what exactly to do. So that way you guys can go back to this time and time again. Um, so the first one, of course, is off or no jumping. Um, and the reason why I kind of gave you guys two different ones there, um, I think the majority of you guys have medium to large dogs. So I would actually go for no jumping, no jumping on me at all. Off would be something that I would use. Like my dogs are my biggest one's 20 pounds. They know that they can jump up on me, but off means, okay, now I want you off. For you guys, since everyone has a nice big dog, I would definitely just make this a, a big rule, big no jumping at all rule. Um, a lot of you guys are already pregnant, so we already have bellies being formed and everything, but especially when we have babies and we're carrying babies, we definitely don't want our dogs to be jumping up. Um, and it's not uncommon for our dogs to see something and to want to jump up for it. And if they're curious, maybe pull out blankets, which can catch feet and different things like that. It's not that your dog's being aggressive. It's just a natural tendency for our dogs. So we really want to make sure that our dogs are learning not to jump up on us. And the biggest way to do that is just zero reinforcement for the jumping up whatsoever. So if your dog's jumping up on you and you're pushing them off, you're telling them, no, stop it off anything like that you're giving any sort of verbal physical attention to your dog it's attention nonetheless okay and that's all that your dog really really wants in that moment when they're jumping up on you with some sort of attention so instead and this is really difficult especially because a lot of you guys have bigger dogs um but i want you guys to completely ignore the behavior and kind of the old school thinking is to like do lots of turning away and kind of like backing up but that actually opens up more space for your dog to jump up even more into you or if you're turning around what might happen is now you're getting your hair pulled or now they're biting your butt or they're coming around to the other side and jumping up in front of you so what we actually do here at the facility is we very casually and calmly continue to walk into the dog and i don't mean like picking up your knees and kneeing them you're not going to do anything like that but when they're jumping up on you you just want to keep walking as if they don't even exist so zero attention there whatsoever um, you also might want to start utilizing a leash for one another, especially for like everyone and whenever you guys are coming home. And that's like a really big, exciting time for one another, um, for your dog to be jumping up. Uh, we have this leash exercise that we like to do where we allow the leash to help us allow the dog to make an interaction with the person. Um, as long as all four feet stay on the ground, we're treating and putting treats on the ground. But as soon as those two front feet start to rise up into the air to jump up, we use the leash to turn and walk them away. Um, so that might be an exercise that you guys, and I have a video of that that I can send you guys too. Um, that might be something that you guys want to do one for each other. And then especially when people start to come over as well, because people that are coming over, they're, they're going to want to be holding babies. So we want to make sure that your dog is proof to not jumping up on other people. It's really easy for dogs to learn. I don't jump up on my family members because you guys have a really good way of being consistent but it's another thing for our dogs to learn not to jump up on other people because sometimes other people oh it's okay I like dogs and they'll reinforce that behavior and then your dog turns into a gambler or I jump up on new people because the new people are who sometimes gives me that reinforcement so the no jumping up is definitely something that I would like for you guys to definitely try to follow um, the other one is a place fed behavior. Um, this is kind of similar to a kennel up cue, uh, meaning that uh, a place means like go to your bed and stay there until I release you. The two biggest differences between a kennel up and a place Kennel up means put yourself in that area and then I'm going to close the door behind you. So I'm taking away your free will to get off of the place bed or to come out of there. Um, the place is usually like literally a bed or a mat that you have in the living room or something along those lines. Take yourself there. You always have the free will to come off of the bed, but I'm going to teach you to stay on the bed until you're released. So it's like a sit stay or a down stay, but a sit stay and a down stay are body positions that your dog has to hold. A play stay is a boundary position. So as long as all four feet are on a bed or a mat or something that you guys have, even better. The place bed also has a little bit more of um, 
of like flexibility because that bed or that blanket can move all around the house. We can teach place to be many different types of places. And um, it might be one specific bed in the nursery and one specific bed in the living room or something along those lines. Whereas like go to your kennel is a very specific like area. Like kennel always means go to that one spot. So place also has a little bit of different uh, things to do there. So it's, it's a stay behavior. So if any of you guys have worked on a sit or a down stay, you want to work up distance. How far away can I get from my dog while they hold that position? You want to work on duration. How long can my dog hold that, that hold that that behavior um, until I release them and then distraction. What sorts of things can be going on while my dog holds that position? Um, I think one of the biggest reasons why you guys may want to use a place bed behavior is for if your dog's allowed in the nursery while you guys are breastfeeding. Um, I think that's a great way for your dogs to be part of the interaction, but without like being in your face and having, it's a good way to set that personal boundary, but still allow them to be, to partake in anything. It's also going to be really great for um, once again, when people are coming over, instead of them bombarding the, the door, if we work that distraction level up to a high enough level, now, ding dong, when the doorbell goes off, your dog's going to take themselves to the place bed instead. Um, so that's a really good, valuable one that I think you guys will use for lots of different things um, is that place. Um, another one that I want you guys to consider working on is more of an exercise, and I call this a conditioned relaxation exercise. Um, and what this what this would look like is, um, y'all, we were totally going to go over our 40 minutes, so I hope you guys are okay with that and just jumping back on in because we are only halfway through the first trimester, <laughs> uh, or my first trimester notes. Um, so a conditioned relaxation exercise is really important because, one, it gives your dogs the skill of critical thinking because in this exercise you're not telling them to stop to sit to down you're not cueing your dog to do anything okay so it's them learning to make their own decisions the second thing is it teaches your dog that there's a reward value in doing absolutely nothing. When we're in a training scenario, we're always telling our dogs, do this, do this, do that, do this. And so our dogs are constantly trying to move on to the next behavior to figure out what is it that's going to get me my treat. A conditioned relaxation exercises teaches your dog the value of chilling out and doing nothing is what's going to get you different things. So to set up, and this is because once again, when you guys are breastfeeding or doing anything like that, um, changing diapers, like you're not giving your dog any attention at all. Your attention is going to be focused on baby. So having that opportunity to make sure that our dogs can cope with not having focus and attention on them all the time. So to set this one up, what I would do is first focus on um, areas like the living room, your bedroom, places where your dog kind of normally relaxes. Um, maybe you want to do this after uh, some exercise as well, maybe after dinner time as well. Maybe, maybe you've had half of dinner, so you're working for half of the dinner, but they're not starving. Um, if you think that your dog's going to have a hard time kind of hanging out close to you, then consider getting a leash on. And if the leash gets your dog really rambunctious and really jazzed up, put the leash on, let them drag it around. And when you start seeing them realize, hey, are we not going to go for a walk? That's when you start the exercise. But you don't have to use the leash in this exercise if you don't want. So you're going to have your... Um, your treat pouch of treats, making sure that you're not, your treats are not in the plastic. The only thing that I want your dog to realize that there's a treat coming is because you either marked with your marker word or you're putting that treat down in front of them. I don't want the bag to be part of the thing because usually when our dogs, our dogs hear bags, they get really excited and they jump up. And all the whole point of this is to teach value and just always being calm. So while you're hanging out, sitting down, you're kind of watching your dog from the corner of your eye. Um, anytime they make their own decision to just move closer into a more relaxed state. So if they go from a stand to a sit, we're going to mark and we're going to treat for that. Um, if they go from a stand, or excuse me, a sit to a down, grab a treat, put it on the ground, keep ignoring them. So if they go from, you know, a, a sphinx down, meaning their like their butt is here center, and then they finally put the hip down, reward that. If they go from being calm to less calm, so they go from a down to a stand, we just ignore any and all of that. So when they're making their own decisions to become calmer is what we're rewarding. But anything opposite of that, we're just going to completely ignore and not put a value to that. Um, the first few times that you do this, you might be finding any small excuse to make it like, oh, was that kind of calm? Okay, let's go ahead and keep doing that. 
But the more that you do this, the more that you'll find that your dogs give you more calm behavior quicker. And then the more that they kind of ride out in that duration of being calm. So not only are you treating your dogs for making the decision to become calm, but you're also going to be rewarding for them staying calm, especially if like um, they're kind of like they've settled into a down position, but then they hear a car door mark and treat that because that's a distraction that they decided to ignore and to still lay down in. Or even if there's no distraction, you're just trying to build up that duration of that calmness, still be marking and treating for that calmness as well. Once your dog is starting to get the hang of it, they're calming down a lot faster, um, they're calming down for a big majority of the time, then find interesting ways to start adding in some different distractions. Maybe you have the TV on really loud. Maybe you're doing it with the windows open so that way they can hear the, the backyard dogs outside, you know, causing a ruckus. Maybe you're playing some baby sounds. Maybe your partner is crawling around on the ground and doing different things like that. Try to find interesting ways that are going to be um, getting you guys prepared for the different distractions that you guys are going to be experiencing once baby comes home. Okay. So that's a condition relaxation exercise. Um, the next one is a leave it or a drop it. Um, I use leave it for both. If it's in your mouth, don't put it in your mouth. If it's in your mouth already, take it out of your mouth. I use leave it for both, but I have clients that like to use two different cues for two different behaviors. Um, that's going to be a really big one because your dog might start doing some attention-seeking behaviors. And one of the first things that we typically see is, one, potty training might decrease a little bit. That's going to be very normal. Um, but two, they're going to start grabbing things because when they grab inappropriate objects, it's always what gets our attention. So you might find that they're going to start to do different things like that. So one, prepare for that, but also start working on a really good leave it or a drop it. Um, besides that place bed, which is a boundary stay, also working on that sit and that down stay as well is going to be really good because there might be some opportunities where you don't have a place for your dog to relax on, but you still want them to be in some sort of sit or a down stay. So making sure that you guys are also working on that. Um, we talked a little bit about working on some leash skills as well. So making sure that we're getting a nice fluid, uh, no as much as a less pull of a walk as possible. Um, and then also starting to implement, okay, like, and some of you guys mentioned bringing in car seats and strollers and things like that. At some point we wanna start walking with the stroller and walking with different things like that. So we have to make sure that if your dogs are reactive, we're getting rid of the reactivity. If my dog pulls like crazy, I need to start working on making sure that my dog doesn't pull. And once those two things are done, then starting to implement the strollers and the different things like that that we're gonna be walking with together. Um, and one of them is, it's kind of a twofer. Um, it's a back up or like a, an out or an over. Um, and I'll kind of explain the difference between the different ones because it, it just kind of depends on your situation specifically. Um, so a back up is something that we use at daycare a lot, like back up from gates and doors so that way I can open up the store and come in um, and not trip over you. Um, so a get back or a back may basically just means like literally like take steps backwards. Um, and then I also like to have like an out or an over. Um, and this kind of looks a little bit different for some of you guys because um, I've seen it taught a few different ways. And this is like to exit the room. Um, so this might be something that you want to work specifically for in nursery. So maybe like you do want to allow your dog to hang out with you guys in the nursery. But if something starts to happen, if baby starts to like... I don't know, spit up all over the place, or I don't know, you have a baby boy and they're peeing like a fountain and you want your dogs to get out. That might be like, okay, now you got to get out of here because I don't want you to lick that up or whatever it is. Um, then maybe you drop the diaper and you don't want your dog to, you know, that could be a leave, that could be out. That could be a lot of different things there. Um, but typically you start off at your threshold. Um, you say something like out, and then with your body, you would take steps into the threshold to make your dog cross just to the opposite side. Once they do that, you mark, and then you toss your cookie away from the door. So you're always building the value away from the door. So what I mean by that is as soon as your dog crosses that threshold, don't give them the treat from your hand because we want your dog to build value with not being so close to you, but being further away. And especially as you guys start to move further away from the door, maybe you're three steps from the door, you tell your dog out, you want your dog to turn around, walk out, and so you're tossing the cookie outside of the room. So they're always moving away. Um, and the other way that I've seen it be taught that I haven't used, because um, I feel like this could be a little bit of a, um, like a, a safety issue is if you've got like um, 
kind of like a six inch, maybe like maybe and maybe not a full like 12 inch tall, but like a board. And then that was on the bottom part of your doorway. So it's almost like a hurdle for your dog to get over. And sometimes that's a little bit easier for us to teach because your dogs, um, especially if you don't have a nice, pretty threshold. Right. So like it's not carpet and then tile. It's just like consistently carpet from inside the bedroom to outside the bedroom. Sometimes that threshold looks a little bit different or too too similar to be easy for your dog to find a difference between that threshold. Um, so some people will work on like a hurdle situation um, where it's a solid thing and not just like a bar with like bottom part. Um, and so having your dog learn to like jump over that. And that way it's also really good nice boundary for your dog as well. That's another way that I've seen that be taught. Um, so kind of in a nutshell, just to kind of reiterate all those off or no jumping place, which is a stationary stay, but also a position stay like a sit or a down stay. We're also working on a condition relaxation exercise, making sure that our dogs know leave it or drop it, fine tuning our leash skills, teaching a backup. And that one might not be too important, but I definitely think the out or the over, especially if you're working with that hurdle, are going to be good ones to work on. Any questions about anything that we've covered so far? Awesome. Okay. I have one more note for first trimester, um, and that's to start setting up enrichment activities and supplemental exercise routines. The reason why is because you guys are going to be tired. Mamas, as you guys go along on your pregnancy journey, you're going to get more and more tired. Daddies, you guys are going to be awesome partners and helping moms out and doing everything else. And especially when babies come home, you're going to be sleep deprived. You're getting up in the middle of the night. You're going to be taking less walks. So I want your dogs to start getting used to that idea of there's other ways to be stimulated besides just physically stimulated. Okay. Um, so one thing that I have in mind for you guys, if your dogs love plush toys or anything like that, if you have a big bin full of toys, start rotating them. Okay. So grab your whole bin, cut them up into, I don't know, not, not cut up the toys, but separate them into different groups, depending on how many you have, maybe a third, maybe a quarter of them, something like that. Have a third or a quarter of them out. And then the other two thirds or the other three fourths you put away. After about a week or so, you put the original ones in the wash, then put them up and you bring out an additional different kinds. Okay. So you're constantly rotating your toys because our dogs are going to usually be stimulated by things that are new and novel. Dogs are like kids on Christmas, making sure that what you do have stays good. It stays fresh. It stays interesting. Um, another great thing to consider is something like snuffle mats. If you guys don't know what a snuffle mat is, it's usually just kind of like a, a mat that's kind of the size of like um, I honestly made one out of a, a sink mat, um, but they're usually the sizes of like a placemat style, right? And they have like fabric or some sort of lots of crazy different things that are popping up. So it almost looks like grass and you just shovel in a bunch of treats in there and your dog has to snuffle around and kind of move all the different things around. Um, so snuffle mats are really great because those are portable. Um, and nature is kind of a natural snuffle mat. So if you want to do things outside, you can grab handfuls of treats, toss it out into the yard and let your dog sniff for the different things. I would just be careful about that if your dog's not very good at sniffing things out. Because if your dog's not picking up all of the treats and the fines, and now you have lots of things left over in the yard, that can create an ant problem. It can create a rodent problem. So maybe you want to start off first with something like a snuffle mat and then move on from there. Um, there's plenty of DIY videos that you guys can do. I made one for like, I don't know, a, a dollar, no, maybe like $3 after fabric and then going to the uh, dollar store and buying one of those um, sink mats. Um, but they're pretty inexpensive and there's so, so many different kinds on Etsy too, if you guys want to like support small business and whatnot. Um, dog walkers, um, have a relationship with a dog walker. Um, there's also another company that or another concept of dog walking that's um, sprouting out right now that are motorless treadmills. And so people have these motorless treadmills in their vans. They'll bring the van over to you. They'll teach the dog how to walk on it. And then now your dog can be getting a walk without worrying about the weather, without worrying about the heat, without worrying about if your dog's reactive or not, because they're in a, in a van, right? They're not out on a walk. Um, one person that I usually recommend for that, she used to be an employee, an employee here. Um, her company is called A Bark above. Um, and she's one of like two or three different companies that are popping out with that, which
which I think is a pretty interesting concept. So um, finding just other people, have a neighbor or something like that come over and walk your dogs. Um, if moms, dads, and in-laws are going to be over at the house, seeing if they can, you know, take the dogs out for a walk, which is another reason why working on those leash skills is really important because if someone is, someone else is going to be walking your dogs, you want to make sure that they're not having a hard time with it. Um, food puzzle toys are going to be a really, really big thing for you guys. Um, and feeding meals out of food puzzle toys. So I don't want you guys to feel like you have to give extra snacks to utilize these food puzzle toys, but utilizing those food puzzle toys for their normal meals that they're already getting. Um, and there's all different kinds. We carry a bunch of them here on the boutique. If any of you guys would like to look, um, I have a blog post on the website about some of my favorite mentally enriching food puzzle toys. Um, there's ball style kinds, there's tray style kinds, there's there's just all different kinds. Um, once again, feel free to DIY some of those things too. Um, and one of my favorite toys that I think uh, was a huge savior for me is something called a flirt pole. Once again, it's something that we carry in the facility. If your dogs love chase, if your dogs love to chase things that move, um, a floor pole might be something that you guys want to consider. It's a long PVC pole with a string, like a long rope at the end and a toy. So it's like a gigantic cat toy for the most part. Um, for Rishi, when she was a baby, I work, I work long hours. And so when she would get into these moods, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I, I don't know what to do with you. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy to take you out for a walk or anything. So I would just take her out to the yard with a flirt pole. Cause you can make the, the little toy fly like a bird, scurry like a critter, hop up and down. Um, and they say that when your dog is actively engaged with that toy, because it's moving and it's fun for them, that a 10 minute session of that can equivalent to about an hour long walk because they're running, they're jumping. And it's also a really great way for you guys to be working some impulse control. So you can be working on sits and downstays while you're moving it and then free and then let your dog go. It's a really great way to practice that leave it or drop it because it's uh, the toy that we have specifically is a rope toy at the end. So when your dog catches it, you can, you know, do a little bit of tug of war and then ask your dog to drop it or leave it. Um, so it's another good way because your dogs are going to be picking up lots of baby toys too. Um, so flirt poles. So just finding other rounds and different things to be stimulating your dog. That's not always training exercises. That's not always long walks and different things like that. Another thing to consider too, if for those of you guys who maybe already do really long walks or long jogs with your dogs, is you're going to go through this really weird phase where, um, like not enough is just not enough for your dogs because they've built up this physical endurance of being so active. Um, so you might find that you, you almost have to like unphysique your dog and like build down that endurance before you can start to really work on finding other ways. Or maybe you're having to do your physical exercise and these different things and then slowly wean down your physical exercise. So that way it's not just like one big, huge thing for your dog. When baby comes and you don't have the availability to do all those long walks and those long um, exercise routines. Okay. All right. That's first trimester. Huh. Any questions? We good for now? All right. Okay. Let's move on to second trimester. Second trimester is not that crazy. Um, because from, from my, uh, knowledge and speaking with mamas, your second trimester is when you're the most tired. It's when baby's growing the most. It's when you're probably, um, I don't know if you're the most sick at this time. I thought that maybe happened in the first trimester. Um, but this is just when you're just the most tired is what I understand. So in second trimester, we're spending time advancing these behaviors that we've worked on building the foundation in the first one. And now we're working on a little bit of desensitization. So nothing that's going to be too crazy of a process for you guys to be training different things. Um, so the first one, um, the way that we advance some of these behaviors is something like for that leave it. Maybe in the first trimester, we're just teaching the foundation of not picking things up. But in the second trimester, we're working on ignoring moving objects, taking things out of their mouths. That's when like that structured tug of war comes into play. Um, having your dog kind of utilize, like having a bunch of different toys along the ground because your dogs can't tell the difference between dog toys and baby toys, right? So being a little bit um, picky about maybe you have a bunch of to your dog toys out, but maybe there's like one baby toy out on the ground too, and having working some leave it exercises to where, okay, you can't touch that one or different things like that. So um, being picky and, and I guess more situational in, in a leave it exercise. 
Um, this is also when I like to start doing um, some baby soundproofing, so playing noises of babies uh, crying, laughing, giggling, a whole a YouTube, a whole bunch of different stuff. And we want to pair these sounds with things that your dog really likes. So right now we're just doing some positive association. So doing it during a play session, doing it, playing those sounds during a training session playing those sounds during mealtime. So you're just having it kind of be on the background. It's not something that you're, I don't want your dog to be focused on it. They're always kind of distracted by something a little bit different, something that they're already uh, already enjoying. Um, this is also when we start building up the distraction areas, the, the distraction uh, setting for that condition relaxation exercise. So this is when we start once again playing those baby sounds during that, um, having our partners crawl on the floor, tossing toys, but still having our dogs just kind of stand being relaxed. Maybe you want to do this exercise out in the backyard or something like that, because maybe for some of you guys, you like to, uh, I don't know hang out on the back patio and hold baby while the dogs are playing out in the backyard or something along those lines, but maybe also just calming them down in those areas. And also sometimes I like to over train for the real life expectations. So if your dog can be calm in the backyard while the squirrels and the birds and the dogs are barking over there and all this other kind of crazy things, and maybe that's a harder distraction than what you're going to be experiencing in real life. Well, if you overtrain for it, then your real life is going to be a lot easier. Um, we're definitely also still focusing probably on the not jumping up stuff. So if you didn't really have a chance to focus on that in the first trimester, this is really when we're wanting start, starting to focus on that because now bellies are definitely getting a lot bigger. Um, so using that leash technique that we talked about a little while ago, and I have a video for that too that I'll, I'll post, I'll send to you guys along with this video. Um, and then definitely upping our distraction levels to our place bed, um, doing things like, um, having I also like to work with a hype up settle down so when we're talking about any of our stay behaviors and distraction is something that we want to work on there's distraction before we cue meaning like if my dog is already escalated because someone just walked through the front door or they're already really hyper they have to bring themselves down mentally to be able to comply with whatever it is that I just cued. Um, but also once they're in the position that sit that down that place to be able to hold that sit that down that place while different things are going on. So sometimes we'll do something like a hype up, settle down exercise. We'll get our dogs really excited and they're jumping up and we're running around the house and then we stop and then we send them to place or we ask them to sit or we ask them to down. So that way they're being able to comply from an escalated state. Because if you think about it, a regular training scenario, your dogs are in working mode, right? They're like, okay, you got the treat pouch on. Um, we've already done six reps. Like I'm already in the mood. I'm focused. I know exactly what to do. But we also want to be able for our dogs to comply when they're not already in that state of mind. Um, and then working on the different distractions. Um, and this is when we're also definitely making sure that we have our management tools set up so we have we know where all the baby gates are we know where all those things are going to be um, we started to test out some of those different boundaries that we're going to implement um, the, the different um, rules that we set aside in, in, in the first trimester we're starting to actually implement some of those things in the second trimester um, and then to also definitely uh, just make sure that we're doing things with moving objects so can you leave moving objects alone. Can you be on place bed while there's a moving object go by? Um, so some people will do things like with the flirt pole, for example, because you can make that little, um, that that toy like scurry across the, the bed while your dog stays. You can toss toys. Um, I've heard of some husbands who are really into like remote control cars, like having the remote control car go around the living room while our dogs stay. So making sure that we're looking at things that are along the lines of like movement. Um, because even though that's not going to be super duper important when baby comes home, baby's eventually going to be mobile, right? And crawling around and doing different things like that. So you want to make sure that a lot of these things your dog can comply with, even though it's moving, because especially, um, I don't think any of you guys have like herding dogs. Yeah, not really. But if any of our dogs are have any herding tendencies or different things like that, or if we have um, dogs that we're not a thousand percent too sure what exactly they are, those moving, those those targets that move around are going to be a little bit more difficult for your dogs to get through. 
Okay. Um, so yeah. So second trimester is just finding a way to just escalate all of our different exercises that we're doing, um, generalizing just a bit and starting to implement some of the things that we did in the first trimester to make sure that we're proofing those things. Um, so say, for example, if you're like, man, I really thought that the laundry room was going to be a great place for confinement, but now we're finding out that it's just not we have some time to now think about other solutions as well. So we're starting to implement things and test things and figure out what's working, what's not working, so that way we can have a second or third or fourth game plan if those first techniques that we thought that were going to work aren't working. All right, so that's second trimester, super easy, because <laughs> the first trimester, like I said, was gonna definitely be the hardest. The second one is just a lot more generalization. Um, so yeah, that's my. those are my notes for today. Um, let's open it up to you guys for any questions, comments, concerns, clarification that you guys might need. So feel free to, um, I guess this, this is a small group, so just unmute yourself as you see fit. And uh, if anyone brings up a concern, feel free to tag on to that as well. So if anyone has anything. All right, Stephanie's got something. This is maybe a question. Um, yeah. So with the crating, um, you know, Bronx uh, does not like that. Okay. So, um, so would you suggest just trying it? Because we do put them in the laundry room, uh, which is a bigger space for like when we leave. Okay. And then also like when he needs to calm down, when he does get overexcited, that's where we kind of take him for his like calm down, like one minute, two minute time. Okay. And we'll, would you say keep doing that or try to implement the crate? Does he ever go into the laundry room on his own volition? Yes. Okay. Then if that's a space that he's finding, like, one, he can comply really well. Two, he doesn't mind going in. He might not love it, but he doesn't mind going into there. And also, if he's kind of, like, thought of that space as his safe space. Right. Mm -hmm. Meaning he goes in there on his own volition. He goes in there when he's nervous or scared or anxious or just needs a break from everything Then I think you guys should be fine. Um, I don't think it could hurt to try to implement creating stuff um, because he creates here with us. No problem. Right, Manny? Yeah, he's not one of our. Yeah. Yeah. During during our. Yeah. During our nap. He saves it for us. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that there there might be some generalization work that it was, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Like, I don't think he's incapable of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if you were to have something out and open, um, I don't know, like how him and Hudson do with like uh, high value things being around. Maybe you want to put it like in a separate room and like mm -hmm. you guys like just you and him or you or Matt and him can go in there and sit down and then just toss some nice fun things in there and kind of watch to see as he goes in on his own. Right. So you're not putting him in there, but you're giving him the opportunity and you're not using the treats as coercion, but you're using and not as a bribe, but like as an incentive to go okay. in. Um, and then just kind of watch to see if he starts to get more comfortable. I think if it if it doesn't work out, I don't think that you're SOL. Um, but I definitely think that if we have something that was a little bit like more movable, maybe, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, but that could also be what your place bed is for as well. Yeah. Nice question. Caitlin, did you have something? It looked like you were going to maybe try to. I don't know if you're like playing around with your settings to try to find your your unmute button. But honestly, that's a similar situation yeah. with Avit for us because he okay. like even though we tried great training when his puppy like just hates really enclosed spaces. Yeah. But he just really place bed like we say like go to bed and he'll go on to like yeah. his bed. So he does really well with that. Like more obviously thing that would. Yeah, and then so so for you guys maybe you have like a specific corner um where the bed lives and then like that corner is just baby safe zone so you don't have the actual physical barrier because yeah i know that ava definitely does tend like when he was here for boarding we had to like you know try to calm him down a little bit and i i don't want that stressful thing to be something that's an even bigger stressor for him. So I definitely think for Avid, utilizing a place bed and maybe having some sort of um, maybe creative way, and it's not gonna be super important now when baby is not mobile, um, but when baby does start to become mobile and starts to kind of understand like, you know, 
that there are boundaries and different things to having some sort of creative way to set off of that that space for him that doesn't make Avit feel enclosed, but also is a nice visual representation of where baby can't go. Yeah. And he, he will love that. He likes his space, too. Okay, so he, does, he doesn't like to be enclosed, but, but he likes him in his space. Yeah. It's so funny. So. Because especially, especially like in daycare, like I feel like he, I, I guess, no, maybe not. I was going to say, I feel like he kind of barks a little bit when he wants our attention. But I think he kind of barks also just like when there's too many things going on, he's like, everyone just needs to stop. And like, I want to get my own space here, I guess. I, so that, that's pretty on par with yep. what we see from him. Exactly. Yeah, that's him for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's, he has a tendency. All right, the kennels are, you know, they don't have a top, but they're tall. Um, so he has a tendency to jump up whenever he has the opportunity in the indoor kennels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like almost hit the ceiling before trying to, to jump up at, at home. So Does he jump up on you guys, too, or just up? He's good with us. Sometimes, like, new people coming in, he'll still okay. he'll yeah. jump. Like, but if he he'll... doesn't know the person. Got um, it. Yeah. But at this point, he get, he gets down pretty quick. Yeah. So, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, for him, I'm thinking, like, finding interesting ways to just build unfamiliar stimuli in the situation. I feel like because, one, he's older and two, he has the tendency to have a little bit of, like, a nervous neurotic energy. Like, the more chaos that's going to happen as people come over um, or, like, when baby's crying and there's just, like, a lot of just commotion and energy in the area. So finding different ways to kind of deliver that energy for him in small doses and help him to not, not comply with those but to feel more comfortable little by little. So I feel like for Avit specifically, that's going to be the the hardest thing for him is just to, yeah. to um, like, cope with different stimuli and, and just energy. I feel like he's very sensitive to like commotion and energy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Since day one. So. <laughs> what else guys? What other questions? Elizabeth, do you have something? Yes. Um, so we, 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 of course, you know, Darcy has issues with jumping as well. Um, and like sky high, I know she's probably kissed Maggie a couple times um, while Maggie's standing, but our question it is we know we because we've, we've done training with you with the leash and we've done that before mm -hmm. um one of the things that she does do is that if she's even if she's already kind of calmed down she'll come back and just jump while we're okay. standing still somewhere so okay. we're not pushing and we're not always facing her okay um so what what would we do in that particular situation to get her to stop because yeah. we're not her and we're not walking like well yeah. I can be sitting at the table and she'll just jump on my side or something just because right. she's serious right I think for you guys finding an interesting way to mesh a lot of the different techniques into one big thing because she she's good at like these slivers and these chunks but it's like doing all of them in at once, right? So I think that maybe having her drag her leash or um, say, for example, Abel, like if you're cooking, maybe Elizabeth, you're using the leash to let her make decisions. But when you see that she's about to go jump on Abel, you're using that leash to either redirect her or to be putting treats on the ground. Um, I also think that always more of that condition relaxation, but now not when you're just sitting down. Right. And one of the reasons why I like that condition relaxation exercise is because it not only teaches our dogs to be calm, but it also helps us to, to retrain our brain to help us realize when your dog is being calm. Because, of course, we're always going to be turned on and give a focus and give our attention when our dogs are doing naughty things which is why those things turn into attention-seeking behaviors because it always gets our attention. So this exercise, when you're doing it like in a sit-down setting, it's also kind of retraining your brain to focus on like, oh, my dog's being calm and being quiet. Let me, you know, give attention to that. So for you guys to now start turning some of those exercises into you're not just sitting down, but maybe you have 
Um, maybe not your treat pouch on you either, because now one thing that part of the training scenario that we're all going to have to go through is I'm not always wearing a treat pouch, but there still might be some, you know, deliver deliverable treats for you. So setting up the situation to where you have different treats in different areas, not to where she can easily jump up and find them, but just kind of stashed around. And once again, not in bags, because we don't want the sound of the bag. But while you're doing things, if you know it's like, oh, man, she's being quiet, she hasn't come in, she jumps. Grab one of those treats and toss it at her. I don't want you to invite her over to you to take it from your hand because that's just going to teach her, you know, more value with you and now following you, but you're always tossing it. And one thing that I would probably do too is maybe you always toss it onto like her bed if that's ever in the area just to build like, oh, whenever my bed is here, that's where I should go. So now it's kind of like an unstructured place where you're you, I still want you to have exercises where you're working that place bed with her and make, teaching her to, to comply in those different distractions but then for also for her to find and make that own connection herself of when they're busy I should be over here one out of the way but then two there's also still going to be rewards there as well and so we kind of also use that technique for like uh, my counter surfer dogs um, especially like if we're in the kitchen dogs like to jump up and doing different things like that I'll have mom and dad set up our treat piles along different parts of the kitchen um, and when we're doing things if we're noticing like from the corner of our eye that our dogs are staying on the ground we grab a cookie and we toss it out of the kitchen or just kind of further away right so we're building a value you for your dog making the decision not to jump up but we're not making more of a bigger like uh, a, a, a bigger goal of staying by you because you're where the treats come from and with time you'll start to notice that because treats are always tossed somewhere else your dog tends to stay in that somewhere else especially if it's always kind of in a general area like if you're tossing treats all over the place all over the kitchen they're never going to learn to be in one specific spot but if you're always tossing it in one specific spot they'll start to stay there because Hey, this is where the treats come from. So I think for you guys, you've done a really good job of doing a lot of the basics. Like you guys are definitely in that second trimester area where you're trying to make all these things work in the real life settings. Um, so I think try those exercises out and let us know how that goes. Okay. And then sense. I had a question with the, the off, the off, leave it. Um, what, what, I don't, I don't know what you guys use for like, if she were to jump up like on something, hmm? Um, so like, I know we just got our, we just got a changing table. And so she's really curious as to what it, what it is. Sure. Um, so I want to know, like, what do I, do I tell her off or do I tell her, um, like leave it because it's not an actual thing. It's not something small. Yeah. Yeah. Like for like cribs, you know, the bassinet, we, we got a bassinet. So she's checked it out Yeah, um, and it slides over our bed. So I, she knows, you know, more or less like, okay, that's that thing. And I don't have to worry about it right now because there's something in it. Um, but do you use off for something that's big or do you continue to use the leave it? If we have two pop, well, okay. So that, that's actually a great question. I like to teach many different behaviors because for a specific scenario, there's more than one answer. The correct answer is whatever your dog chooses that they're better at, right? So if, like Darcy knows a wicked leavage, like you can tell her leave it and she'll leave anything alone, but she's terrible at off, then use leave it. Um, but for me, how that would go in my house is my dogs know a good off. And so two feet up in the air, like what I want from me at that moment is for all four feet to be on the ground. To me, that would be more of an off. But like I said, it's, it's variable. You can use different things. Um, that sounds good. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye. Um, and I'll send you the recording so you guys can still watch this a little bit later on. Um, and so more, more than one answer. What I would also do, too, is let her be a part, let any of the dogs be a part of any of the assembly process. So if we're putting together the crib, let them be there, let them start exploring it um, as it goes up. So that way it's less boring. Um, you can also do things like on the bassinets and like, you know, like changing tables usually have like the changing pad. Bring some of those things down to her level to let her explore those things, because usually she's jumping up to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, and that kind of would be a little bit of a counter surfing thing as well. So I would when you guys are preparing um, your, your table and everything, have a little spot for some treats as well and then go through the process of pretending to change like just having some time at the table you're moving things around if she stays still you grab a treat toss it over your shoulder right toss the treat so you're you're building up the reward of not jumping up another thing that i like to do is if a dog's already jumping up onto something and i say something like off i typically will try not to grab a collar and 
pull them down. But instead, I try to use my body to kind of like slide in between the two of them. Um, so a lot of the time, our body language and sometimes like body blocking will do a little bit more than always grabbing and pulling down because um, our hands are very rewarding for lots of different reasons. We get food with our hands. We pet with our hands. Um, and I don't want that behavior to turn into an attention-seeking behavior. Right now, it's an investigative and exploratory behavior, but I don't want them to learn every single time I do this, they come and touch me and they do different things with me. So that's why I typically will reinforce for the uh, a decision not to jump up. But if they do jump up, sometimes I don't even give an off. I'll just kind of go in there and like slide my body and just kind of like, not like, like, not don't like hip check her or anything like that, but just like, casually slide in until she falls off okay that works very good what else anyone else got anything all right guys cool well uh that took a lot longer Welcome back, fam. I'm so sorry if that audio was a little hard to hear. Um, it obviously was a recording of a recording and not straight into the microphone. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed that. There is a part two to this um, episode that will be coming out next week where we talk about the third trimester and uh, bringing baby home. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, um, I'm already well past my first trimester and that was a lot of information for the first trimester, don't worry. Um, the reason why I decided to break it down into that many pieces was just to kind of give you a general timeline and a, a guide um, for it to not be super stressful for you doing everything all at once. Um, but there definitely is, you know, you can kind of fast track some of that stuff, especially if your dog already has some basic manners. Um, it's just a, a matter of kind of getting an idea of what you think having a baby is going to be like, which could definitely be hard if you've never had a baby before. Um, and just kind of figuring out easy, small little things to do to start preparing your dog for that and utilizing your basic manners that your dogs have already learned in the more realistic settings of family life, having a baby and running around and doing a bunch of stuff. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, find us on social media. Let us know what you think. As always, don't forget the fun doesn't have to stop here. Please find us on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, and our handle is at pup pup and away SA. Um, if you'd like to become a client, we're always taking new daycare clients, training clients, and boarding clients. We would love to meet you and your canine sidekick. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, if you're enjoying this episode, please share it with your friend. Uh, we usually have our own post on our Instagram. Please share it from there if you don't want to create your own post. Um, the number of episode listens is ticking up each week, and that makes me very happy. Um, I also would love any of your feedback, so feel free to like rate and review on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, but also feel free to get in contact with us via Instagram, Give us your suggestions. Give us your feedback. Uh, let us know what topics you'd like to hear. And of course, if you're ever so inclined to really positively reinforce me, we also have a link in the show notes for some monetary donations. Uh, a little bit of something, something is better than nothing and definitely helps to uh, motivate me to continue to work on this podcast for you guys. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic evening or day or whatever time you're listening to this too. And I can't wait to talk to you guys in our our next episode.